Bonjour et bienvenue. You are listening to Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 podcast with me, Matt Spiro. Now, what happens when an Australian crosses paths with a legendary, long-serving, unique Auxerre manager named Guy Roux? Well, Ned Zelic had the pleasure of doing just that when Roux signed him to replace the outgoing Laurent Blanc in 1996. And the former Socceroo has some cracking stories to tell Robbie Thompson about his time at Auxerre. Our podcast is available on all the usual platforms and we'd love it if you took a moment to rate our podcast. Coming up, for your listening pleasure, Robbie Thompson speaks to Ned Zelic. How did the move come about? Because Auxerre had just won the league and cup double and we'll talk about what an incredible story that is just for a a club like Auxerre to to do that. But how did it come about that you have already played a UEFA Cup final with Borussia Dortmund, your German champion. So you've you've just finished champion, or the year before they've just finished champion as well. Now, and how did the move come about? Um, so I I actually played against Oxair in my first season uh, with Dortmund. We played against them in the semi final of the UEFA Cup, um, and just scraped through. And then we won two nil at home in the first leg, and then we lost. 2-0, and it went to extra time and penalties in Oxair, and, and we scraped through, got into the final. Um, and then, uh, years later, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd left Dortmund mm-hmm. um, and uh, gone to England, come back, and I was actually at Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, so, in June, like, uh, I was, uh, you know, sort of contemplating, what am I going to do now, stick around with Eintracht or leave? So, I told the club, basically, I'm leaving. And, uh, so, you know, two, three weeks had gone. I was basically in limbo. And back then as well, uh, there, were, there were transfer fees involved still. Um, and then all of a sudden I got a call um, and said, look, uh, Oxair interested. Uh, because Laurent Blanc, who was at the club for a year, had left. He was leaving to go to Barcelona. So they were looking for, uh, they were looking for someone to, uh, to fill his position. Um, and then I got the call uh, from from my agent. We drove down to Strasbourg to meet up with uh, Guy Roux. Um, I believe the president was there as well, uh, Hamel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we're just chatting, and, and it just happened so quickly. It's like you know, uh, Guy Roux had come out and said, "Look, I remember you uh, from from back then, '92, '93, UEFA Cup games," and said, "Look, I want you." And then it just that's how it happened. It just went so quickly. It was it was unbelievable. That we'll chat about Guy Roux as well. What when you moved to 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 Auxerre, I mean, from you've you've been to to Dortmund, to London, to to Frankfurt, another big city. When you arrive in Auxerre, were you were you ready for that? It's a it was a tiny town of you know probably thirty thirty five thousand people back then. It is. And, it is a picturesque um, little I, town, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and um, I don't know. I was, I was just, I was just always a type. I didn't matter where I was, you know. Um, like I mean, I was in London, a big, big city, and totally unhappy, you know, because yeah. it always, it all for me, it always, um, um, what dictated my happiness was what was happening on the field, obviously, you know. So. I could I could live anywhere. That was no issue, and and I was you know 
rocked up to Oxair, really friendly people. Um, and I was just really focused on uh, on performing on the field, you know. So um, there, were, there was obviously um, a lot of pressure involved as well, you know. I mean, the fact that I was there to replace Laurent Blanc, he mm-hmm. was the top side, he had so many good players in the side as well. So clearly the expectation was, again, to, uh, to do well in the league and, and plus the fact that uh, the Champions League um, games as well, you know. So that was, that was sort of my primary focus, you know, and, and everything else was secondary. That, that Champions League campaign was your first, yeah? I mean, you'd been involved a lot in Europe before then. Is that, is that correct, that this was your first taste of yeah. Champions League football? That's right. Um, so I played in that first game that we uh, had against uh, Ajax at home, mm-hmm. uh, which we lost one nil, and um, and then I I played one more game after because because obviously uh, we um, we had an away game in Nancy it was, and that's where I injured my knee. Okay, um, so hang on. Before we go that now, far, then yeah. you start. So you've arrived in Auxerre, replacing Laurent Blanc, and you start every match. You're straight into the the starting eleven. You, I think you played the first eight or nine matches of the season. That's right. Yeah. And, and then the first game away, uh, first game was away Nice. Uh, we played against uh, which we won. Uh, yeah. Lille, uh, Bordeaux away. I remember drawing. I remember, never forget walking to to the pitch from the changes. <laughs> Lillian Laslon. So you did your, your whole... My, my, yeah. my leg was in the air. I had no control whatsoever. Um, so I had to get a cast, basically. For, I think it was almost two months, uh, medial ligament damage. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was it. You know, I was pretty much two months, I was just stuffing around with rehabilitation and all the rest. You know? And in the meantime, uh, what was the young player's name? Uh, Fred? Uh, I think it was Don Ju. Yep, yep, Fred Donjou, yep, yeah, exactly. Fred started playing in the back, um, and yeah, he, I mean, he was a solid player, he did well, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, he went and played in Spain after after Auxerre. 
correct. And, and played yeah, for a, correct. played for a long time as well, Fred Donjou. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah, no, but I mean, he, you know, he came in and, and did his job basically. You know, uh, all different style players. You know. Yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, and what? obviously when I came back, then uh, yeah, um, it's harder. A challenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're, there was also well, a Taribo West in that side, yeah? I was on the outer, basically, when I came. After, when, I, when I started playing again, because um, obviously, you know, back then as well, uh, it's probably the same now, they, they had their second team. Yeah. Um, so I, after my injury, I had to get some match practice with the second team. We had these trips, like six, seven-hour bus trips. Uh, I remember, I think it was somewhere near Gangolf. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so you, you had to you had to go through that whole process of getting match practice with the second team, you know, yeah. before you could be considered again for the first team. But then, you know, um, I was on the outer. Fred was doing well, solid at the back, and all the rest. The team was functioning. Um, they had quite a, they had a good run as well, like uh, in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, up until dormant, basically. Yeah, my old, my old side, yeah. Exactly, so, as fate would have it. And that was in the so quarterfinals. Sorry? That was in the quarterfinals of the Champions That's League. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, Giroud is a. Well, let's talk about the players first. You've mentioned a few of them already, but this Auxerre side had quite the reputation of playing counter attacking football, of, of hitting quickly on the counter with guys like Bernard Diomed who went on to win the World Cup, of course. I think I did a quick head yeah. count. I think he and the goalkeeper, Charbonnier, are world champions from 1998. Yes. A little bit later. Sabri Lamouchi is one of the, the famous players that were axed from the side just on the eve of the tournament. And probably, was, I mean, you That's don't right. get much closer right. to being a, a World Cup winner than, yeah. than those guys that are axed from, from a squad that three days before it starts. It must be a devastating blow. For, for Sabri Lamouchi. But um, there was yeah. real quality in that side. Lillian Laslond was yeah. one that went on to have Lassland a big career. Laslond wasn't in the squad, was he, uh, 98? No. no, no, no. But scored no. scored a lot of goals. But no, he wasn't in the he wasn't in the World Cup squad. Yeah. There was Taribo but West. Givash, I think. Givash. He just Givash, left. Jordan, yeah, sorry. yeah, you're right. He was, on, he was loaned out to Rennes, I think, the season you yeah. were there. He, ca- he came back. Yeah. Uh, Sibierski was there as well, Antoine. Yeah, absolutely. But, but he was he wasn't part of the French team set up yet, was he? No, no, yeah. not at that stage. Uh, I mean, it was a top side. You know? Yeah. Um, Sylvester at the back, uh, Goma. Uh, you had the, uh, the the two Algerians, uh, the midfielder uh, Moussa, uh, was it Saib? Moussa Saib, yeah, and uh, yeah. Tasfaou. Abdel right. Abdelafid, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. And what about Taribo um, West? He was a he was a character. Taribo West was there as well, yeah. That's right. Taribo was there as well. What a character this guy was! <laughs> Incredible. What was? Incredible. What was? Not just his hair. He was just. He was just uh, such a free spirit, you know. Like, incredible guy. Um and. Um, a few, I mean, the thing, the thing that I sort of really um, learnt the most sort of as was just uh, the discipline, you know. Yeah. And, and I came from uh, 
an environment in Germany where it was really disciplined, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I wasn't expecting it. I thought it was, was going to be a bit freer, sort of, but nah. It was a very disciplined uh, setup. I mean, obviously, Giroud was there, you know? Yeah. Such a long time. Everyone was scared of him. <laughs> um, well, he was a dictator, I wasn't mean, he? I, Yeah, yeah, we still there's still a lot of that goes on. That's the that's yeah. really so not we, not so much. Actually, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's a classic. The the Paris Saint Germain, who I see train a lot now, don't get involved in in too much foot tennis now. They play other games like rondos and stuff. A lot of yeah. a lot of keepings yeah. off. But um, the foot tennis yeah. was a thing, and this is this will tell you what exa confirm exactly what you're saying. When Laurent Blanc was in charge of PSG for three years, his assistant Jean Louis Gasset. Who had played with him and was was still probably just to, probably finished by the time I think you were you were there, but he was part of the Montpellier side with Laurent Blanc. But when they when Laurent Blanc was coming through, and they were always playing foot tennis, they were always yeah. and that and the PSG squad was always playing foot tennis when they were in charge. So it's that uh, it's that is that generation. So that was every Thursday and then Friday. Every every Thursday Friday was. A light session, we'd end up sort of half field game, you know, a lot mm -hmm. of Rondo as well that we used to play, and then and then you had the game on Saturday. Um, but I mean, the thing that sort of uh, we, we get weighed um, twice <laughs> a week. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have to jump on the jump on these uh, really old scales, you know, like, and Giroud would be there um, with his glasses on, checking every every single milligram over, you know. <laughs> and then he'd sort of look at you funny. And and there was there was I, I can't remember but it was I think it was uh two hundred two hundred and fifty uh is it milligrams? No grams. Uh, yeah, grams probably. Grams. If you were if over, you were over yeah. then you'd have to pay a, a fine. So the thing is it was something like I don't know the exact it was something like that anyway. Yeah. If you jumped in the scales and it was too much you'd have to pay a fine. So I Obviously, every player had scales at home, you know, you'd check. <laughs> so before you'd, you'd, you'd go into training on the Tuesday and the Friday, or we could wait, you'd, you'd check at home. And there were a few times where I was over. <laughs> so, so here I am, you know, at home in the bathroom on the scales, and it's like, oh, what the hell? It's almost, you know, it's, it's over half a kilo. <laughs> this is trouble. So quickly, uh, go for a run. Uh, sports clothes on. Go for a run. Go 
for a run before training. Get it off. Don't eat. No breakfast. No liquids. No breakfast. No liquids. And rock up to training. (laughs) But it was just, it was something that, um, you know, we, obviously at Dortmund, we had, we get weighed, but just not at this level. (laughs) Twice a week. And the fact that. really, I really came to realize how important weight, playing weight is. You know, yeah, it's true. Yeah, for, absolutely. For a player, and and that's that's something that you know that stuck with me uh, after leaving. Um, but yes, he was a dictator. But I mean, he was a brilliant mind. Like his his eye for players, um, sensational, sensational. Yeah, I, I think we'll give our our listeners and probably the younger ones of them a bit of background. So so Giroud took over Oxair when he was twenty three. He was, he was 23, he'd been kicking around amateur football for a while as a player, and here he arrived in Auxerre and he had the chance to become player coach, which he took, it's 1961. And then you fast forward 44 years when he retires, I mean he was 44 years, I think he had nine months off from the club in that period, but 44 years he was the first one at the club there in the morning, the last one to leave at night. He took the club from the ninth division, regional football, all the way up to Champions League semi-finals, like you say, in 1993, and then a league and cup double. And he did it. It's no exaggeration to say, because it's exactly what you're saying about the weighing. He did it all himself. Like he was, he was the yeah. one that was there. He went, he went to Strasbourg to meet you, the new player who they're signing. He, he, he checked the grass on the pitch. He was the a father figure to the players. I mean, he was he was an incredible eight hundred and ninety matches on the bench of Auxerre as a coach. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Yeah. It really yeah. is incredible. Have you seen anything like that anywhere else in your in your travels, Ned? No, 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 nowhere. And nowhere. You, you tell um, a, I mean, it's, it really is incredible what he did. But um, he did it with the president as well, with yeah, uh, Monsieur Amel. Amel, yeah, who, who exactly. Was there, you know. Um, and uh, just the scouting system as well was incredible. You know, the amount of young players they would bring in and then eventually sell them off for yeah, huge absolutely. amounts of money. Yeah, they, um, was was phenomenal. They um, they're probably well known as well. Hang on, well let's finish with Giroud because there are funny stories about like, and I imagine he knew exactly when you'd travel to Paris on a Monday because he'd. He he had uh, contacts, if you like, in the the toll booths when you'd come off the auto route before you came back into to Auxerre on the auto route into Paris. So he'd know. Oh well, we just saw Mister Zelich leave this morning. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Mister Rue. He's he's I mean, headed up to that's Paris. That's right. Yeah. Bounces on nightclub Curry. doors apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used to. I mean, this apparently this story is is true as well. Um, so we'd go into, uh, so before home games, um, we'd go into a hotel mm-hmm. and spend the night in a hotel. So we'd drive to the hotel and everyone would leave their cars there. Um, and apparently he would put, uh, rocks, yeah? Um. <laughs> Under the wheels. This is, this is one of the stories. <laughs> so on the actual wheel, you know, to see if any players had left. <laughs> 
I mean, when someone told that story, it was just, I was on the floor, just hilarious. And, and the thing is, I don't know if it's true or not, but I wouldn't put it past him, you know, just <laughs> that type of guy. Did you have any strange moments with him? Did you have Sorry? any? Did you have any moments where you thought, "Are you serious? Like, can can this be?" Or did you have any? Did you see firsthand this this legend of doing crazy things like that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I worked out. I I've heard the stories anyway. Like, <laughs> and and you know, when you get to a place and a coach has been there for a long time, you know he's going to have um spies sort of control over everything. You know, I mean, it's it's his. This club is his baby, you know. Look, yeah. look what he's done to it. He's taken it from eighth tier to, to Champions League. So you know he's going to um, want to know everything and have control over everything. Um, but I, I mean, I had uh, I had a couple of run-ins with him, you know, because I was just the type. I, I would go out and do my job, but if I felt that I received um, uh, criticism that that wasn't justified. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just a type, I'd always fire back, and it happened a couple of times, you know. Um, it actually happened at half-time uh, when we were playing against Ajax <laughs> in the Champions League where he started freaking out, and then uh, and then I just fired back. And, like, I remember the assistant coach was there sitting next to me. He was like, don't, don't, just be quiet, just take it. <laughs> but I couldn't. <laughs> so what happened? Um, but, and, and nothing. I mean, we had a chat uh, sort of next day, you know, and, uh, he, he, I don't know. It, it's just he was the type as well that uh, if, if you did uh, have an opinion, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he. I don't think he had a big problem with it. Um, although many players probably thought if I do say something, then then that's it for me. He's going to bench me or, or leave me out of the squad, you know, because he just came across as being that type of guy. But he wasn't like that. He wasn't like that. I, I don't think he had an issue with players sort of speaking up, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he still wanted to have control over everything, over everything and, and not get to a situation where... And that's the advantage that he had. I mean, you look at other clubs, you know. Uh, a case of a coach... I mean, I've experienced that once in Soxair um, or in my career where... It's just the coach and the president. You know, there's no one else, yeah. sort of committee members or managers and all the rest. And I had the same situation at Eintracht Munich. You had the coach and the president. That's it. There was no. There was. If you had a problem, you had to go to one of them guys. You know, yeah. there was no one else that you could talk to. You know, like a manager, um, pour your heart out and all the rest. It was just those two guys who were basically running the club. I think that was a huge advantage that he had. You know. In fact, there was no one else sort of there to, that was interfering. Um, and if you had an issue, you, you go to Giru. You can't go to the president, you know. You have yeah. to go to Giru. That's it. He's there. He's the boss. How did, um, how did you deal with that situation when you, were, when you were frozen out then, when you were on the outer? Because you were, you were an international. We'd just yeah. missed out on the World Cup probably in that season as well, which was... Uh, were you involved correct. in that in '97? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. So, correct. well, I mean, the thing is, so, so, you know, so the first season is is done and dusted. Um, coming back for uh, for the second season, I actually had an offer um, from uh, Austria, mm-hmm. from Rapid Vienna, mm-hmm. um, because I was obviously in a position where, yeah, you know. Uh, Okay, I'm going to give it another go. It's the start of the season, and try to 
get back into the team. Um, and then once I saw that uh, that wasn't the case, then obviously I was looking at other options. And then all of a sudden, uh, and I, I needed game time as well. You know, yeah, yeah. you're playing for Australia. You, you you have to have match practice and all the rest. Even though I was getting that playing with the second team, but that that wasn't enough. So so I travelled to to Australia. I was sort of ninety percent on joining. Um, and Giru had said, "Okay, look, if you want to do it, we'll loan you out. That's what you want to do." Um, so I'm sitting in a hotel room in Vienna, um, and the next morning I'm supposed to sign. It's like a, I've got a bad gut feeling about this. Uh, woke up next morning, same feeling. So I said no. I called Giru up and I said I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's like, "Look, it's up to you, but uh, you, you know, you, you, you're not part of the starting lineup. You know, maybe you should join this team." And I said, "No, I'm coming back." <laughs> so you know, I came back. I came, I flew back, and the Rapid Vienna, they're all freaking out, you know, how can you do this, and all the rest, but it's like, nah, see you later, sorry, um, it's not the right time, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the team was sort of, stru- started to struggle, Yeah. and um, and I believe, uh, I think Fred was suspended, or had an injury, or whatever, I remember we had a game for the Socceroos, uh, in uh, Skopje, a friendly game against uh, actually two uh, Hungary and yeah. against Macedonia. I remember that. Yeah. And Giru basically said to me, "Look, we've got a game uh, against Monaco away. Can you play just forty-five minutes for national team? Because I'm going to need you for this game." You know. Mm-hmm. And and I said, "Yeah, no worries." So I worked it out with Terry Venables. Uh, I think I ended up playing fifty-five. Uh, played away, Monaco, drew nil all, and I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, we're I'm, back I'm on. Back in the team now, you know. I'm back in the team. I think I played the game after that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden, uh, I was out again. You know, I was out of the team. So basically, anyway, cut a long story short, I sat down with Giru, and I said, look, um, I'm, if there's a club in winter. Will you let me go? And he said, yep, no worries. If you want to leave in winter, no problem. So we had the games, uh, qualifying, Iran, didn't qualify. All of a sudden, we've got Confederations Cup uh, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. So here I am in Saudi Arabia, and and we're playing, and uh, all of a sudden, I've attracted interest from Leverkusen, and and 1860 Munich want me. I've flown back. Uh, I'm sitting in Giroud's office, <laughs> and the team was struggling. They were losing games, and 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 I said, "Look, I've got these two offers. I'm I'm going to take one of them. I want to leave." Turns around, he goes, "Nah, I'm not letting you go." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you mean you're not letting me go? You told me you told me a, a month ago that if, if I had a team in winter, I can leave." And he's like, "Well, the situation has changed, you know." And I said, "Well, I'm not." Accepting that, um, you told me that you're going to let me go. Uh, so I, I, you know, we basically got into uh, uh, an. It wasn't a proper like argument. But yeah. It was, it was harsh. Um, it was uh, raised voices. It was, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I was speaking to him in French as well because I picked the language up quite well. You know? Yeah, very um, good. And he was—he was someone as well. He was always making sure are you going to classes, this and that, which I was. Yeah, uh, that was the first <laughs> thing I always did. You know, was to try and pick up the, uh, the 
Exactly. Well, Germany seems to to have ended up your home away from home. I guess it's where you spent the the majority of your career. That that idea, what you're saying about giving youngsters, young French players, a chance. France is famous for that still to this day of of developing young talent. I'm thinking after just a couple of years after you left Oxair, they had that generation of Mexes, Boomsong, Gibral Cisse, uh, yeah. Olivier Capo, yeah. Fadiga. You know, some in, some incredible yeah. players, almost all of them international, yeah. France internationals that came through that that system. Yeah. Could what what is it about a French club that can develop this young talent? You say it's something you weren't necessarily didn't think you'd find, but this discipline. The French they take it very seriously, don't they? They're very ordered about their football and, and do things you say it's it's almost symbolic the fact that training never changed because that's almost unheard of now. But Everything is so regimented. Everything has rules and in, in France. And it's exactly. reflected, I think, a little bit yeah. in the way they play as well, as well yeah? I mean, you'd happily yeah. play for a draw away from home as a French football club. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I was, what I was really impressed with, because I used to get out uh, when I could um, to, to check out what they were doing in, uh, what, what is it? Centre d'excellence, is that what yeah, they call it? Yeah, Centre d'excellence, yeah, 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 absolutely. That's right. So La formation. And have a look, you know. Yeah, the form- that's right, yeah. formation. I used to get out and, and check out training. Um, and what I really, what I really, uh, what really impressed me was just the flexibility that they had, like, uh, um, with regards to playing a possession type game, you know, mm-hmm. when you can, but also uh, possessing the counter-attacking game. Yeah, and that's the, I found that really impressive because that's that's really where, um, like a lot of German teams, you know, I mean, really have perfected um, the fact that they can switch between both, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's that was we're talking, you know, mid nineties, you know, yeah. to, to late nineties, and these guys are. Uh, doing both, you know. So that's, I mean, even though training was always the same, the actual contents were, um, there was always something different. I mean, sure, you were playing half-field games or, or full-size full field games, but there was variation with the contents, you know, with re- with respect to playing possession and also countering as well, you know. So 
that's what I found really, really impressive. But uh, like I said before, you know, just their eye for talent was exceptional. Yeah. Just the scouting system was so good, bringing in these young players, it was, it was sensational, really. I, I, I've just thought of an, an idea of an extra question about Thomas Tuchel or Tuchel. Someone you probably yeah. have followed his career a bit as well through through Dortmund, yeah. who's now at PSG. I just got some very quick fire questions about your time in Auxerre. Okay, so these are just quick answers. Who was your best teammate, most skillful player you played with? At Auxerre. Yep, at Auxerre. Oh, gee, that's a good question. I'd ha- I'd have to say uh, I'd have to say Lamouchi. Yeah, Sabri Lamouchi. Yeah. Who has yeah. coached them as well, I think, uh, recently. He's, he's coaching now somewhere, isn't he? Sabri Lamushi, isn't he in England? He's, he's, at, uh, he's at Forest. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Who was the best bloke that you played with at Auxerre? Someone who, who was, helped you settle in or was a good mate over your time there? Uh, they were all really good guys. Yeah. They're really top guys. But the, the guy that really was, I found... Uh, from from the start, like the friendliest and the guy that wanted to help was the keeper Chabonnier. Oh yeah, but they were all, they were all really good guys. It was not like you know. There's always in every team. There's like a few guys that you know you just don't get along with. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't have anything to do with them. But these all the guys there were just so really friendly, open uh, blokes. You know, uh, but Chabonnier was was the friendliest by far. He was he was a top bloke, top guy. Okay, very good. You've got a, you had a few a couple of legends who played there for years and years, like Johan Rade. Johan Rade, who was That's right. just a youngster, yeah. I guess, coming through. Yeah, would have been just twenty yeah. when there. And uh, uh, Jaurès, Jean Sebastien Jaurès, who was another, who would have been nineteen, only made only played once that first season you were there, but ended up playing right. there for. Yeah. For hundreds of years under under Giroud, who was who was yeah. the craziest guy you played with, and perhaps it was Taribo or or another. But can you give yeah, us a yeah, bit more? He was he was by far. <laughs> Taribo was by far. <laughs> no one came close to him. <laughs> um, but uh, there was, I mean, the thing is, uh, uh, I, I found that uh, so many of the guys just really great sense of humour. They're always up for, you know, pranks and stuff and, um, and and always having a laugh. And that was like the big difference between sort of the mentality there. And, and so I remember, I remember being at Dorman, it's like uh, I, I just turned up there. I remember we had an away game we lost and the, the bus trip, like, back to Dorman, like three hours. No, no, one, no one talked, you know. It was like, <laughs> it was like just dead silence for three hours, you know. Um, and and it, was, it was a different different sort of atmosphere. I mean, it was still very serious, you know, environment. I mean, obviously, when Giru was uh, in charge of things, you know, like yeah, very yeah. disciplined unit and all the rest, but just a, uh, just a more uh, humour-type, jokes and stuff like that, actually, you know, the guys. Are you, are you still in contact with anyone from, from that squad? Uh, I was uh, actually was in contact with uh, Christian Henner, yeah. For for a while, um, and also with uh, the the left sided player, uh, Frank uh, Rabi Rabirivoni. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. In 
touch with him uh, for a bit. Um, and uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, when you obviously when you you leave a club, then uh, and, and several years pass, and you sort of lose contact. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, what was what was your best Doxair moment, Ned? If you had to choose just one. Yeah, in Nice. Nice. You know, um, it, it's just, uh, and you know, I was I was a new guy coming in, replacing Laurent Blanc, uh, first game of the season, serious stuff, you know. Um, and there was a, a lot of pressure, and and just I remember, um, it was a beautiful night as well that night in Nice. We won, we played well, you know, one nil it was, but yeah. it could have been so much more. Could have been so much more, and and just that sort of kicked things off for me, you know. Um, just knowing, just fitting in as well uh, in, into the into the team, and, and like I said, there was a lot of pressure there replacing Glock. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just a just a great relief to, to kick things off with a win. Okay, very good. Let's let's move on. Just while I've got you on the phone, because I know you're a Bundesliga expert, you've you've made a lot of your life in in Germany as well. We have we've seen well, we had Lucien Favre. Here at, at Nice, the Swiss coach who's now at Dortmund, um, we've yeah. got Thomas Tuchel who's at who's at Paris Saint Germain, who's come with uh, his assistant coaches from the the Dortmund days, Arno Michel and and uh, Zolt Love as well, the Hungarian who played in in Germany a lot. They've brought a, a, yeah. a, a, the, this new modern German football to Paris Saint Germain, in particular something that I've I've enjoyed, which apparently is very common in Germany, is this midfielder that drops back in in between the two central defenders and plays this sort of hybrid role between a sort of number six and a and a yeah. central defender, a number four, which is something that they've brought here to France. That Thomas Tuchel's basically brought to France. How how is he seen in Germany, and 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 is Germany still? Cutting edge tactically in terms of like we've seen all the Gegen pressing, which is everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's you know uh, just coming through uh, sort of the Mainz period that yeah. he did well. Uh, you know, with with uh, the under nineteens, like one uh, one the under nineteen. Uh, yeah, he did with with Mainz and then. Did extremely well, and, and you know, coming from um, from there, there's there's always kind of expectations because Klopp was the guy that, that went through that that part same, as well, yeah. sort of uh, yeah. So, um, but he's he's a completely just completely different character, and I think that's sort of the issue um, that he had at Dortmund mm-hmm. was that Klopp was just you know, and I know sort of. The mentality in Dortmund, you know, and what they sort of expect, um, and and he was he was just a bit more stubborn, you know. Well, he was stubborn, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so so that that's I think that's the issue that he had there was 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 that because from a coaching perspective, um, I mean he's he's up there with, with some of the best. I, I feel I'm you know really impressed with um, what he's done as a coach, um, and. Um, you know, I think I remember actually uh, talking to Klopp when he was absolutely flying with Dortmund, um, and uh, I remember asking him because I was uh, I had a chance to 
spent time, watched training and all the rest, and, mm-hmm. and spoke to him for about half an hour afterwards, and said, look, uh, what's the secret, you know, like everyone's asking, well, what is it, you know, and he goes, look, um, uh, we did testing, uh, endurance testing, which they're big on in Germany, yeah. always have been, Yeah. and I, I saw the the test results, and uh, I just couldn't believe it. I knew straight away uh, we're gonna we're gonna be able to play the football that I want to play. You know, uh, we're we're at a level physically yeah. where we can play this game, where I can push fullbacks forward, um, and I can have a central midfielder dropping back um, and 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 overload the midfield and 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 get gig and pressing going and all the rest. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I think Tuchel is is the same. There's a lot of similarities with with uh, with Klopp with regards to um, how they want to play and sort of the philosophy that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, you've got to have you've got, you've got to have the players that are prepared to put the work in physically, and also have players with speed to be able to recover possession when you lose it, you know? He, he talks a lot so, about that this season, um, Tuchel, about having play, being able to play 50 or 60 matches in a season at high intensity the way he wants, and he wants yeah. these, these players. He calls them um, fiable, viable. He wants players that yeah. can do it, physically can do it. And they've had a lot of injuries, muscle, muscle injuries, um, this season, Paris Saint Germain, and yeah, people right. people say it's from pushing them, trying to push them this hard and get them to this level. It's a it's a fine line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, uh, there's there's no guarantees, really, is there? No. Um, there's always going to be uh, important players dropping out with injury. Um, it, it's just how it is, you know. So I, I think. Then really, it's the test um, of the depth that you have. I mean, obviously they have depth um, mm-hmm. within the squad, but I mean, there's just so many other factors involved. You know, you're always going to have an opposition as well. Yeah, exactly. That's, People that's forget that. <laughs> exactly, that's doing things and evolving and, and and being able to counter your tactics, and and that's really what it comes down to. You know, yeah. So fantastic. Yeah. All right, Ned, we'll let you go. I appreciate your time. No worries, Robbie. Good to chat to you, mate, anytime.